What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Brandon's Face. It's the podcast about a playlist. I'm Jonathan Beardsley. And I am Brandon May. Thanks for tuning in. If you listened last week or along, or you're following along with our official playlist on Spotify, then you guys already know we have an incredibly stacked show this week. If you aren't following along with that, then I recommend you do. You can find the link to that in the show notes. Before we get into the album reviews, let's talk about some of the new singles that came out this week, shall we? Yeah, that sounds good, man. All right, starting with, get this, a new Daft Punk song, (laughs) kind of. Couldn't be. They retired. It's the 10-year anniversary of Random Access Memories, so they released a deluxe edition, including this demo of a song called Infinity Repeating that they did around the same time with Julian Casablancas. You don't really review Daft Punk, you just kind of thank them for it, but what were your thoughts on this? <laughs> this is fucking beautiful, man. Julian and uh, Julian Casablancas and Daft Punk are just just a match made in electronic heaven, man. Uh, his yeah. voice just sounds incredible over the percussion uh, over the percussion and the drums on this track. I really, really enjoyed this. They put up a video on YouTube called like Memory Tapes 1 or something, and it's like an eight-minute thing an interview with him and it has like studio footage of them recording this demo and shit so you get Damn. to learn the full story behind it we'll have to throw that in the show notes yeah most definitely and in fact today is the 10 year anniversary is it it is god damn how are you celebrating did you uh throw your vinyl on i barely got home bro <laughs> 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 no, Word. but, but I Word. most definitely will be this weekend. Uh, everybody's getting in their 10-year anniversary vinyl bundles. And I thought about it because it includes all these other things. But then I also said, you know what? My pressing sounds fucking beautiful. It's one of the best-sounding records that I own. I'm sure. I'm good with it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, moving on, we got a new one from Duke DeMont called The Champ. Uh, we missed this one last week, so I threw it on this week. I've always been a huge fan of his for club play only releases. It's not my favorite entry in the series so far, but it's still pretty fucking neat. It's going to be really hard to ever top red light, green light or alter ego though. What'd you think of this one? Uh, Yeah, man, the Duke, he's uh, another one for the club play only books. I really did like this one. Yeah, it's it's a good groove. You're probably disappointed that I did not throw the extended mix on. Uh, I didn't even see that it was a thing, so now now I am mad. Yes, I didn't realize until like two days ago that there was an extended <laughs> mix, and I felt like it was too late to correct course. But damn it, glad you John. got to check it out. Damn, damn it! it. <laughs> Just hear you punch a <laughs> hole in your wall. Um, all right, you threw on this David Guetta remix of Miracle by Calvin Harris. What are your I thoughts sure on it? I sure did, bro. Of course um, you did. <laughs> I'm sure you, did. you were, just as I was, apprehensive to click play on this one. Uh, thank you, David Guetta, for not ruining this track. I actually dig. I actually really did dig it. Uh, shout out to David Guetta's family. It is a pretty good remix. I mean, shout out David Guetta. He <laughs> solved racism. <laughs> the guys, Obviously. We're indebted to him forever. Uh, but yeah, man, this there's a lot of remixes coming out of this song, and I feel like they're all pretty good, but all they want to make me do is listen to the original. <laughs> great marketing campaign on Calvin Harris. Yes, great, great marketing. Uh, all right, man, I threw on this Ray Volp remix of Sacrifice by The Devil Wears Prada. What'd you think of it? Jesus fucking Christ, John. <laughs> this track goes so unbelievably hard both of yeah. these drops are insane. I, if I ever needed like a boost during the day, 
mm-hmm. and I didn't have like coffee readily available, it was this. This is what I did. Yeah, we were recently talking about good EDM and metalcore collaborations, and now we have one more to add to the list. Yeah, and what do you know? <laughs> All right, man, got a new one you threw on here from Jay Wara called Fade. Talk to me about it. Uh, another great track from Jay Wara, man. It's just yep. uh, it's just some house music, and I I really I really like her style. So threw this one on. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, whenever you see her name, you know it's going to be a house bop. No different here. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, moving on, we got a new one from Miles Atmospheric called A New Dawn. Tell me about this one. Uh, all right. So this is uh, My- Miles Atmospheric makes, as I'm sure you can tell, very chill, very atmospheric kind of tech house shit. This is yes. a 12-minute non-banger that I really enjoyed. It's not a banger. It is long and... Uh, Kind of, kind of difficult to deal with if you're not like really in the mood for a 12 minute chill tech house vibe, you know. But if you are, it fucks. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I dug it. Um, moving on, we got a new one from Captain Mustache. Great name and Gene Brock. Name. This one's called Lavertu. Another artist I've never heard of, and another song that just fucks, man. It's really good. <laughs> What'd you think of it? <laughs> no clue how uh, <laughs> we found Captain Mustache here, but I do really dig this track. A lot of fun disco elements while not being too mm-hmm. over the top. A few remixes have dropped since. Um, yeah, I really like this one. In fact, we I had a I had a coworker walk in while I was bumping this on one of the big kind of PA speakers we have. And sure. She was like, who is this? I was like, is it Captain Mustache? She was like, that's ridiculous. I'm going to go listen immediately. I love being asked who I'm listening to when it's the most obnoxiously named artist possible. <laughs> um, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. I'm sorry. Oh, what man. did you just say? I throw that on at work quite often. Um, <laughs> All right, we got a new one from Ruben Carapetian called Nostalgic Recall. It's pretty minimal, but there's nothing about it I didn't enjoy. What about you? Yeah, man, this dude's output has been great since we started covering him. More minimal than what he, uh, what we're used to from him. Uh, but I, I really did like this track, man. It's good. It is good. I did as well. Let's move, let's move on to a track that is not good, and that is Marshmallow <laughs> and Brent Fiaz called Fell in Love. This one just, it, it sucks. We can just go ahead and say it. But it, it actually came out like a week ago, and I made the mistake of clicking play on it on my release radar. And I was like, I'm not going to be the only one <laughs> to suffer through this. But you know what? I don't think I've ever seen Brent do an obvious cash grab like this. So good for him. I hope it works out. <laughs> what do you, you think of it? For what it's worth, I think he sounds fine. Um, sure. <laughs> the song itself is... God, it's so annoying, man. I'm yeah. not a fan of Marshmallow. Never have been. Probably never will be. It's just one of those things, you know? I'm glad for people I'm to like you. it. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, all right, man. We got a new one from Georgia Smith called Little Things. Was not expecting a new Georgia Smith song to drop, but I absolutely loved it. New information about her album still has not come out, though. But it seems like we're headed towards that. What did you think about this kind of reggae-infused R&B track? Dude, Georgia has this voice that is just next level. She makes it work for like whatever sound she wants. And Mm -hmm. this is clearly no exception. This is awesome, man. I really enjoyed this one. Yeah. I am very much looking forward to whatever she's working up to releasing. 
Uh, we got a new one from Janelle Monet called Lipstick Lover. The rollout for this track is getting a lot of attention online since she decided to go tits out for it. Her words, <laughs> not mine. But judging this one on the music alone, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I liked her last album. I'm really looking forward to hearing this new one in full. She's one of the only like true dual threats in the industry when it comes to singing and acting, and I can easily see her getting as much critical acclaim for her new album as she did for glass onion last year what did you think of this one yeah she was great in glass onion that was a good movie. she was fantastic um, in it yeah man she's got a fucking voice this production is incredible that baseline is just it kept kept me coming back yeah really good shit yeah um we got a new one from victoria monet and bougie banton called party girls thought this one was really good especially for a down tempo dance hall track which usually is not my favorite but after giving us smoke with lucky day earlier this year she can do whatever the hell she wants what'd you think of this one <laughs> r&b means reggae and blues on this one man love the vibes the yes. bass line and the energy that's created while still being a relatively chill track reggae and r&b go very well together this they is a good sure example do uh, we got a new one from Kiana Lede called Deeper. I am fucking swimming in all of the great R&B we're getting this year, yeah, this man. week. And, uh, my list of album of the year contenders in the genre is already at like nine, and we'll be adding another one to that list when her new album Grudges drops on June 16th. Yep, I'm sure we will. Uh, yes, this this one's great though, man. She's three for three with the singles. That last one with Ella May is still in my daily rotation, and this is a very solid follow-up. What'd you think of it? My notes say three for three. Yep, that's what <laughs> she does. Uh, yeah, I think her and Victoria are both working up to new albums. They both last released albums in 2020. Should be a fun year. Yeah, yeah, the, the, I, I really like this one. Uh, moving on, we got a new one from Mario and Sabrina Claudio called Like Her 2. Mario isn't an usher, but they're definitely cut from the same cloth. Their voices just don't age. Physically, they don't really age either. It's <laughs> nice to hear Sabrina Claudio do something so unapologetically R&B again. She sounds really great on these types of tracks. What do you think of it? I absolutely appreciate just the raw beauty in these vocals. But yes. Man, am I falling asleep. This is just, it's <laughs> not my tempo, man. It's a slow one. It's a slow one. Yeah. You're J.K. Simmons and Whiplash. It's not my tempo. <laughs> thank, you, thank you for getting that. Um, let's see here. We got a couple deluxe edition tracks from Josh Levi. These are CeeLo and Birthday Dancer on the disc 2 Scratched Up, a.k.a. the deluxe edition. Going from a Mario track into a Josh Levi track this week really shows how well he's kind of carrying the torch for classic R&B. I didn't add the track from the deluxe edition that we'd already reviewed, but the three new ones he included with these two uh, are just all outstanding as far as I'm concerned. I can't wait to see what he does next. Did you enjoy these two? Yeah, I liked Birthday Dance a little bit more than CeeLo, but I gotta say, man, he, he sounds like Chris Brown in like the best possible way. Like I really mean that as a compliment. Yeah, he's a throwback to like that 2008, 2010, like, Late Chris Brown, early Jeremiah era, for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, man. It's your boy. <laughs> Lil Durk has released a new song with J. Cole called All My Life. Talk to me about it. This dude has to be joking, right? 
for Look, man. for a few reasons. I'm interested <laughs> to hear yours. All right, so I think it's a decent track. It is a terrible little jerk track. I when I listen to Little Jerk, I want to hear about him capping on his ops. And uh, I, I, I the problem is that I actually do like it, but it's just so funny and so absurdly corny coming from Lil Dirk that I yes. just can't take it at seriously like at all. That corniness is coming from the production by Dr. Luke, which automatically kind of puts this one in the trash bin for most people <laughs> after all the Kesha stuff. That yes. aside though, man, I thought this one was okay. <laughs> like, I don't know. I thought Cole's verse was good, but Dirk just does not do it for me in the same way he usually does for you. I know that this isn't a perfect <laughs> example of that, but he's dropping a new album May 26th. We'll see if something on there breaks through to me. <laughs> Fuck it. I, I literally burst out laughing every time I listen to this song when that child support line comes on. Child oh support, God. the only support you'll get. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, little Turk. <laughs> God, he's so memeable. Oh, oh my goodness. All right, we got one you threw on here from Ellie Dollar and Slim Thug called What It Is. I, I love Ellie Dollar's production. I was happy to see you threw a track of his on here. The fact that he isn't one of the biggest producers in the game just shows how bad most people's taste is because he's incredible. I really dug this one. What were your thoughts on it? Everything from the from the spokes on the album cover to his vapes to yep. to Slim Thug's verse to Ellie Dollar's production. This is fucking great, man. Yeah, really good shit. Um, we don't hear from him nearly enough. We sure don't. I saw I saw it pop up and I was like, "Yep, we're doing that." <laughs> Definitely. I'm sure you did that with this next track too, which is Portugal the Man, Black Thought, and Natalia Lufasad called Thunderdome WTA. Talk to me about this one. My notes are one, two, three, four words, and it is, I am so confused. <laughs> by the combination of artists, by the song by itself. It, all of it, man. It, it doesn't feel like a Portugal the Man song. It doesn't feel like a Black Thought song. It feels like an amalgam of all of them, and I don't think it works. Um, I'm still excited for the album, although I am, I'm like, okay. Is it, what else are we gonna get now? What do you think about this one? Uh, I'm I'm on the same exact page as you. There's just too much going on. There's not one distinct style like pulling it all together. Uh, yeah, man. I I this one didn't stand out to me. Maybe Chris Lake will remix this one and turn it into a banger too. <laughs> though we'll see. <laughs> um, moving on, we got a new one from Group Love called Francine. Talk to me about it uh yeah man i just love group love so much uh it sounds like they're going back to their roots stylistically and i love that for them uh, meaning this what uh, like slower yeah i don't know about just slower just more chill um if you listen to their last album it's very upbeat very up tempo yeah. almost angry which we talked about when, when we reviewed it but if yep. you go back and you listen to um never trust a happy song this is stylistically kind of the same the, okay. the the same style and that's that that's the style of them that i kind of fell in love with when uh like 2013 when my wife showed me them when we got to see them in 2014 it was it was it was really cool and so that's kind of where my love for them comes from did, did did you like this one yeah i thought it was pleasant not quite as memorable as the uh the group love angry stuff but it's a decent track i i, I think i think the album's gonna be good man we'll see um, let me see. I think I have the release date for that one. July 7th. It's called I Want It All Right Now. Yep. 
Uh, moving on, we got a new one from Local Natives called NYE. My reaction to this track is the same as every other Local Natives track. I don't really like it, but at the same time, I kind of like it. Like, I don't know. <laughs> They're, they confuse me, and they continue to do so. What, what are your thoughts on it? Easy, dreamy, indie pop. It's exactly what I expect from Local Natives, and it's exactly what they deliver almost every single time. Yep. That pretty much describes it. Did we do an album by them? Uh, I don't think we've re- reviewed. Yeah, did we? I don't know. I what don't is know. time? Um, <laughs> time doesn't exist. No, I don't. Don't get me started on one. time. They haven't released one since 2019. So no, we haven't. We've definitely reviewed a lot of their singles, though. Yes. Um. All right, moving on. We got one you threw on here from a group called Parish called Daydreaming. Talk to me about this one. Uh, I really like this song, man. I don't know where I found Parish, but I'm glad that I did. It's got this kind of shoegazy grunge feel to it, and I... You know, I really like that. I'm a sucker for some uh, shoegaze genre crossovers nowadays. <laughs> yeah, dude, they're good. I wish more more like modern alternative rock bands sounded like this. Yeah, they're like not unpopular. I think they have like 300,000 monthlies on, on Spotify or something like that, which is awesome. I'm glad that I'm glad that there's there, there's at least a subset of you know people that are tapping into the new the, the new music that that is like. Oh, this, for sure. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Same. Uh, moving on, we got a new one from Queens of the Stone Age and called Emotion Sickness. In terms of it being a lead single, it didn't immediately grab me the same way the way you used to did the first time I heard it. Right. But it's still a hell of a track to kick off a new album rollout with, and I'm happy we finally have a date to look forward to, which is June 16th. Are you excited for it? Uh, yeah, actually I am. And again, this is exactly how an album rollout should be. Here's a single. Our album's out next month. Um I, I just got to say, man, Phoebe Bridgers did it first. She has a line in one of her songs called Emotional Motion Sickness. Uh, so I don't got know it. Uh, but I am getting really, really heavy 70s vibes from this one, especially on the chorus. It is indeed a Queens of the Stone Age song. You can tell by the way it is. I'm always glad we're getting new music for them. I was uh, lucky enough to see them in 2018, maybe 17, one of those. And it was It was a hell of a show, man. It was a hell of a show. Do you think anyone in the group actually listens to Phoebe Bridgers? I, I, no, most definitely not. <laughs> most definitely not. Probably not. No. <laughs> um, jo- jo- right. Josh Homme. <laughs> I take Josh Homme as the guy that only listens to his own music. Yeah. Yo, you know, for sure. Like... <laughs> for sure. On the way to and from the studio. Right. Exactly. Uh, we got a new one from Avenged Sevenfold called We Love You. We have arrived at my least favorite song of the week. Oh, this one come on. Blows. <laughs> no, man. It is t- I, fine. Marshmallow and Brent Fiaz <laughs> is, probably, is probably my least favorite. This one's down there, though. I am just not into a, A7X or whatever their abbreviation used to be or is. You're into this one? All right. So my notes are, uh, this one's a bit weird. After a couple of listens, though, I actually got to think that it's actually pretty cool. They're experimenting with sounds that I've never heard them experiment with. It's like super proggy in that it completely changes almost, you know, every, what is that, 24 bars or whatever. And and, and it's it's really out there for them. This track, I think, is way better than their last one because it actually has dynamics and it's not just the same thing over and over again. I'll agree to that note. I wouldn't say that I'm actively looking forward to whatever they put out as their next full project but yeah this one has me curious for whatever it is at the very least okay. 
All right, that's a fair assessment. I'm a hater, you know that. I know. Um, <laughs> everybody, everybody needs a hater in their life, bro. You're mine. Exactly, exactly. Uh, we got a new one from Clear Fight called Shape Up. We haven't reviewed a lot of their music, but what we have has all been great. I hope we get a full-length album to review at some point this year. You enjoying this one? Oh, yeah. Love this song. Extremely anthemic. Yeah, good stuff. Um, moving on, we got another one from WSTR called Until Then. You've really been digging them. You enjoying this track? Man, this band just continues to deliver at, like, the highest level. The exact amount of pop-to-punk ratio I like in my pop-punk, and it just continues to just dominate, you know, dominate. On on any other week, this song probably would have dominated my listening, but uh, it did not this week. But I did keep coming (laughs) back to this one. We'll get there. I don't know if the Zoomies Couch Tour is still a thing. I don't think it is. But if it is, then I can't think of a better headliner than these guys. They personify everything about early 2000s pop punk, but do it with a lot of late 90s pop punk influence. Old heads like you and I just love this shit. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I eat this shit up, man. It's great. It's great music. It really is. Agree. Uh, moving on, we got a, a new one from True Divine called Love in, the Vo- Love in Void. Talk to me about this one. All righty. So I absolutely love the synth work on this one. I found this band on the Metalcore subreddit's kind of community thread. Uh, every week, the the mods will post, you know, like, hey, if you're in a band, share your shit. <clears throat> and I, I listen sure. to every single one of the the bands that that do it. Because honestly, man, I mean, yeah, I like there's some great music out here, and this is no this is no exception to me, man. Uh, I'm glad I, I'm. Look, man, the, the, I think that I really like this. I really like the synth work. It's very bleeding through to me, and I really, really like that. Yeah, dude, it's a great track all around. The dude's low scream will definitely put some hair on your chest. My only <laughs> knock on it is just that it's a little too short. Yeah, um, yeah, about two, what, two and a half minutes or something like that. Yeah, I wanted more, but I agree. The synth work was good. I enjoyed everything about it. Look Same. forward to hearing more, for sure. Yeah. Uh, capping off this week's singles, we got a new one from Creeping Death called The Common Breed. You enjoying this one? Heavy Texas death metal, my man. Love these riffs. They remind me of like uh, Stop at Nothing era Dying Fetus. Yeah, yeah. I think anyone who's ever listened to us knows that I'm not the guy to listen to for death metal recommendations, but I would recommend this group to people looking for newer death metal bands to listen to in terms of like up and coming they're not doing anything death metal fans haven't heard before in some way shape or form but what they're doing is working for sure yep i i agree to that i like that all right let's move on to this week's eps we got a new one from 12th planet called the commencement ep jesus christ man uh this one was unexpected but it was fucking awesome i haven't heard 12th planet in like 10 years and i had a great time diving back in his style has not changed very much (laughs) and i wouldn't have it any other way dubstep kind of became a joke after the key appeal sketch but when you hear it at its best like we get on tracks like next shot you have to nod along man even if it causes some involuntary nosebleeds <laughs> you enjoying this one yeah man I, I i you know i saw it pop up and uh i've i've been a i've been a following i wouldn't say like a giant fan of 
12th planet but i've been following 12th planet since you know he was huge back in back in the early dubstep days and i threw mm-hmm. this on because it's been a while since we've had some like real bass music on here and more than just like a single or two and i i, I really do like this one man it seems like bass music is still thriving in its own little community i heard somebody said at one point you either become a bass head or a house head and i very clearly am way more on the house and techno side yeah. of things as far as my own personal taste go but uh, I still enjoy a little dubstep every now and then. Uh, I see that. I see that there's a lot of like blending happening here. Like even on the first track commencement, we get like like hyper pop influence on that bass. And uh, I actually saw Lost Lands drop their lineup. There's a lot of drum and bass on there. I yeah, anticipate I some that. like some interesting collaborations over the next few years to try to keep bass music uh, fresh. Um, you know, if you looked at dubstep's popularity on a, on a graph, it would be just a constant wave. So, uh, I think we're on a downward swing, but I, I, I think that some drum and bass collaborations could, could bring that on, on an upward. You know what I'm saying? I want to see a graph of bro step. Let's see what that one looks like. Uh, <laughs> you know, fun fact, I actually stopped listening to dubstep after recess came out and I was like, you know what? I'm fucking done with this. Cause I really, really didn't like that album. <laughs> I think Skrillex was done with it, too, at that point. Um, (laughs) All right, man. Let's move on to our obligatory minimal techno release of the week. It is James Ruskin's From the Ashes. (laughs) Talk to me about this one. Heavy-ass techno, man. Just how I like it. Out on Token Records, this is a great example of proper techno. I dig it. What did you think? I agree, man. This one was great. All three tracks really, really good. I love the uh, simplistic naming device. What's your favorite song on it? Oh, From the Ashes (laughs) 2. Great naming convention. Uh, Moving on, we got our second obligatory minimal techno release of the week. (laughs) Ian Donovan's Solus EP. You enjoying this one? Fuck genres. It's all house, John. Uh, No, this is techno. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's tech house, I think. No, it is. Uh, Ian has been putting out quality tech house tracks for a while now. Uh, I actually know that you and I were spinning some of his tracks from like his SoundCloud days, like eight years ago, back when we were. We were, yes. Yeah. (laughs) The CP is great, man. I really like this one. Oh, man. To go back to the SoundCloud days. It was fun, man. Yeah, this was a really good EP. Um, Let's move on to the albums. We have a ton to talk about this week. First up is Subfocus's new album, Evolve. Talk to me about it. This kind of poppy drum and bass is going to get it into the mainstream's ears, I think. You think um, so? I, well, maybe. I hope so. Maybe I hope. Not think. Look, maybe man, you I, hope. I, I know that Subfocus is popular uh, comparatively. They have three, three million monthlies on Spotify. But, man, this whole album is just so friendly. I wouldn't be surprised if it puts them up a couple million on those numbers. Calling for a sign is so catchy, bro. I've been like I, every I, ever since like the first time I listened to it. Every time I go back to to this track, I I, I like sing along with it. Uh, Fine day, obviously, is yep. infectious as fuck. Like we covered when it came out. Uh, Secrets has secrets. The track has this like lane eight meets bicep vibe, and oh my god, I fucking love that shit. Um, this whole album is really neat. I think it per- fits perfectly well into his pretty vast at this point. Uh, uh, discography. I'm going to give this one a seven. My standout is Secrets. Interesting, man. Um, poppy drum and bass. I hope this gets it through. I think that it has potential in some levels to re- do really well on streaming, but we'll see. I 
Personally, I'm not in the mood to listen to drum and bass heavy projects very often, but the few times this week I was, this album just delivered every single time. We reviewed a couple of these tracks as singles and had an idea of what to expect going in, but it was nice to discover that most of the album cuts were on par with the singles in terms of quality. Right. I'm also giving this one a seven, man, but my standouts are completely different. I have Ready to Fly and yeah. I Found You as Mine, Overcome being kind of a late late one that's been growing on me and obviously calling for a sign was a great single um but beyond this album noticing hala on i found you i think the only three songs i've heard from hala is escape the first k5 single where are you the john summit single from earlier this year and now this that's a hell of a fucking resume for the last two years, man. Hell She's yeah. killing it as an EDM vocalist. We got to keep an eye on her for sure. Honestly, bro, like she does a really good job and I have a feeling she's very easy to work with because she's probably just a natural talent. So yeah, she's her and Allison Goldfrapp are up there as my favorites right now. Well, we're going to talk about some. Goldfrapp. Oh, we're going to talk about that. Uh, let's talk about this LPGOB album first. Light Places. This one blew me the fuck away and stood out above the rest of the albums this week in one of the most stacked release weeks we've had since doing this podcast. The singles for this album were incredible, but really don't do it justice, man. Hearing all of these tracks in context makes everything click. You can hear how much time and effort was put into every second of this album It's attention-grabbing without being flashy. It's fun without being cheesy or over-the-top. Every big moment on this album is crafted with a lot of subtlety and nuance, and every subsequent listen I gave it unveiled something that I didn't notice before. I couldn't be more impressed with this one. I'm feeling like strong eight, maybe a light nine on this one. My standouts are all I need and all in a dream because LPG, Yobi, and DJ Tennis on the same track is still just mind-fucking-blowing to me. Uh, how are you enjoying this one, man? Are you enjoying it quite as much as I am? Oh, boy. Uh, John, this is a gorgeous album. Beautiful. Uh, it's really top-notch work here from LPGOB. Uh, it's really wild that this is like a debut album, as it it's really phenomenal. The voicemail from, I presume, her mother or grandmother is adorable. She yes. really takes her time. She starts out slow and really took me on a journey. Soft 4-4 four, four beats with like an excellent percussion section just takes us all the way through to Georgia. Holy shit, mm-hmm. man. The textures, the bass lines, all interpolated and juxtaposed against each other. Sublime is the only word that came to my mind. The vibes here are just immaculate. Moving through, we get to Feels Just Like It, which has like this Plasma Pool Records vibe to it. I don't know if you ever listen to Miles Dyson, but he used to play with have, all these yeah. sounds with like the, the pitched and fil- filtered string kind of disco. That, uh, I, I love how Body Breathes, she really messes with like the paradigms of house. I don't know if you noticed this, but she changed the hi-hat to like from every half beat to like every eight half beats and then skipping mm-hmm. one or two and then returning to it. it. It really adds to the atmosphere of it all, which there is plenty atmosphere here. The yep. sultry guitar work, obviously, on All in a Dream are just lovely. I loved 
all of this record. I will be returning to it often, uh, probably every Sunday morning, if we're being honest. Like you texted yes. me on Sunday. Uh, Sunday mornings are for LPGO, but you were not wrong. Um, it's perfect. Yeah, man. My, my standout is Georgia just because of how experimental it is. Interesting. But I, I, okay. I, re- I really can't pick like a favorite track. Um, my, I'm, no. I'm, I'm giving it a, a, a solid nine for me. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. This is a, a beautiful, fantastic record, and I, uh, I will be enjoying this one for probably a very long time. It's hard to pick a standout track because it's one of those albums that makes you listen to it on its own terms, not as like, uh, oh, I'm going to dive into what part of exactly. this album I want to when I want to. It's very much like Bonobo or Black Coffee. You can't just do that with these types of albums. Right. And if you can, you're kind of lessening the experience that you would have. You know, like if Love is a Skill was released as a single and I thought, great song, but kind of a weird single. When you listen to this album front to back, you 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 love every second of it. Like it makes perfect right. sense where it's at. Right. Uh, but yeah, man, this one is definitely up there as an album of the year contender. Are you gonna try and get the vinyl for it? I've already purchased it. Of course you did. This one's gonna have beautiful packaging. I love the artwork. She really killed it, man. It's light and I blue. don't know. I don't know if she's still doing it, but she has been in an airstream on tour, just playing at random places around California and shit. So. Definitely check that out if you see her in your area. Um, all right, man. I, I can't find the date though for when they're going to be in Joshua Tree. With I cannot either. I fucking I want I, I want to go. So, like I will be there. Just tell me when the fuck it is, and I'll be there. LP. I will try and dig in and get you more information, Brandon. <laughs> Thank you. Like I kind of need to be there, man. I'm not going to miss yeah, no. DJ Tennis and LPGO be a fucking Joshua Tree. Come on. Hell no, you're not. Um, that is a Brandon's face show for sure. Uh, right. All right, let's talk about this new one from Allison Goldfrapp called The Love Invention. I had really high expectations for this album since its announcement, and I'm happy that it lived up to the hype. That's almost never the case, especially when <laughs> I'm expecting greatness. But she coasts through this album with ease. She's figured out the balance of being the focus, but also letting the production and instrumentals breathe when necessary in the same ways that other greats like Kylie Minogue, Ellie Goulding, and Little Boots have been able to do at their best, which is pretty elite company for my personal taste. I'm still in the process of digesting this album. It's pretty dense for a dance pop album, but if I had to give it a score right now, I'm going to say like an 8.5, and my standout is So Hard, So Hot. I still have that song on repeat every day. What about you? How are you feeling about this one, man? Well, so as we discovered, Allison Goldfrapp is the newest moniker from Goldfrapp, which we should have realized. Uh, who's been releasing yeah, Extremely common name, Goldfrapp. Um, yes. <laughs> which is neat, because when we were reviewing her features on that Royksop album, we thought that there was no way those were her first tracks ever so we were we were yeah. right um okay obviously she has a really great voice and that's proven like throughout the album i love all of the disco and house elements present throughout the album i i don't know if it's because it's surrounded by so much good music this week but it feels like a lot of the same thing is happening on most songs and that's honestly okay for like a dance pop album I do think that she kills it on every track. The production is there, the energy is there, and the 
if the tracks bleed together a little bit, like most pop albums do, then that's fine. I, I love the Claptone production, except for that, like, siren sample he uses. Yeah. It, like, kind of scared me at first. Um, I was driving when that first came on, and I was like, where are the lights? I hear the siren. Um, look, man, I'll, I'm definitely going to be coming back to this album, probably on a slower week, so I can spend, like, a little bit more time with it. Like you said, it's yeah. really dense. Uh, for now, I'm going to give it a seven, and a, half, a seven and a half. I really enjoyed it. My standout was actually Hotel. I really liked that track great song great song um yeah and i don't know if you ever clicked on the album itself but fever and digging deeper weren't actually included like in the normal track listing they're listed as bonus tracks but you had to hear the Uh, clapton produced track i had to throw it on there had to do that um all right we got a few hip-hop excuse me you good bro almost never um (laughs) thank you (laughs) (laughs) uh no i'm good uh we got a new one from idk this one's called f65 how are you feeling about it oh i'm going first on the oh you're going first on this one yeah okay i had no idea he was dropping something when you added no we reviewed that ep of his last year but i don't think anything since yeah that was the k tronada produced one right yes yeah i was feeling a little weird on that but i think that's mainly because i'm not a huge fan of Kate Tronado's productions, please don't come after me. We'll get into um, that next week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it might work better there. Um, when uh, when you added this, I was pretty intrigued. So uh, this is supposed to be like a jazz rapper record, jazz rap record centered around r- racing, Formula One. I don't know. But what I do know is that I love themed, the yeah. actual jazz on this record. A lot of rappers have done like the jazzy beats thing. But I think this record using like actual jazz throughout is really fucking neat. Mm-hmm. I feel like with IDK, his lyricism is like a spectrum with a metronome, right? There's two extremes on both ends and a metronome constantly rocking back and forth between super insightful and like excellent all the way back to, to like corny and like way too corny. Uh, I, I liked the lyrics and delivery more than I didn't, though. Um, as our fans of our podcast, of all 12 of you, uh, may or may not know, I'm a big fan of racing. I don't watch much Formula One, but I do watch IMSA every year. So it was pretty cool to get a surprise to me album uh, that was going to, at the very least, heavily revolve around racing thematically. Mm-hmm. This left me a little disappointed, to be completely honest, because he did start out strong with like the car sounds and references to racing. And then it feels like he like forgot what he was doing and like did like 10 tracks in the middle of the album before mentioning anything (laughs) pertaining to racing. So cohesiveness isn't really there in the way that I would have wanted it to be on this project. That being said though, I too have gone through a Bill Evans and Pinot Noir phase. So I feel you IDK. (laughs) I I really liked this project and will probably be returning to it throughout the year. I do. I, I wish it was more cohesive and like conceptually centered, but as a whole, I think I think it was good. Uh, I'm going to give it a six and a half. My standout was Elmina. Yeah, I I don't think I'm far off from you, but I definitely enjoyed it a little more than you. I wanted to hear your opinion first on this one because of your how much you're into racing. I wanted to hear if any of that translated to you. But I agree, despite the, the interludes when you get them, the cohesion isn't really there. He could have definitely trimmed a few songs, but... Let's just go what with the positive. Twenty two songs isn't enough? Or is too Let's much? go with the positives, Brandon. <laughs> Pit stop fucking banger. Like yeah, for so sure. good. Dear God. 
that that's the type of that's why I listen to his projects because whenever a track like that comes out, I'm like, ah, that's gonna be one in my rotation forever. Uh, Pinot Noir, excellent track, surprisingly really good collaboration with Rich the Kid on 850, just textbook banger, but done so well. Yeah, personally, I was kind of a fan of all the interludes despite their nonsensical approach. I could see how I really others, liked them too. I could see how others might not enjoy this stuff quite as much, but it's built into the whole aesthetic of the album. You should know what to expect going in. I never really know what to expect from an IDK project, but I know I'm usually going to have a good time, and that ten that turned out to be the case here. I'm giving this one a seven. My standout is Pit Stop, obviously, which is also my song of the week. Could not hey, stop listening there you go. to that one. Nice. Um. All right. We got a new one from Deontay Hitchcock called Once Upon a Time. I don't think he's dropped an album since we started doing this podcast. So this is probably our first time chatting about him. Yes. I really enjoyed this one, man. Thinking About You is a certified jam. My little white girl, Sam Toxic, so I call her Britney Spears. That line on Whoa is just <laughs> incredible. This one is another one like the IDK one. It's far from perfect, but the good far outweighs the bad for me. It's another one I'm giving a seven to. My standout is the two tracks I mentioned before, but also a shout out to Big Crit, who I do not see featured on enough albums and needs to drop a new one himself. How are you feeling about this one? I'm very curious. Um, yeah, I didn't recognize his name. So I was, I was like, did have we covered any of his music? I don't think we have. Um, no, so his last off, one came like 2020. I, I, I almost texted you about it, but I kind of wanted to do it on air. The sample from Woe is the same sample from sicko mode, right? I think that that Whoa. like that effect is the same, but if it's, I don't think it's the sample. I just think it's a, uh, I think a this, keyboard. I think this track is like used way better than whatever uh tr- mr scott did um look man i love Got that this album. <laughs> sorry i had to it's lit uh i love that this album kind of bounces between and like rides on the fence of r&b and rap i think a yep. lot of rappers could do this but they like don't for some reason um i think his flow is great yeah I, I had a good time listening to this man uh not sure if i'll be returning to it very often but whoa most definitely made my rotation yes Just like pit stop yes. made yours from that last album so uh i'm gonna give this one same as the idk album actually six and a half my standout is um it's whoa yeah i would love to hear an amine remix of whoa i feel like he would murder that beat yeah man. um let's move on to the rock realm of things we got a few albums i'm very excited to talk about first of them is the new one from hot mulligan this one's called why would i watch it's a straightforward pop punk album of the yell sing variety that delivers catchy hooks over punchy riffs in ways that both feel new and nostalgic at the same time. Never really tries to be something that it's not. And even though it gets a little slower than I'd personally like on tracks like This Song Is Called or Betty, there's more than enough energy elsewhere on the album to keep me thoroughly entertained throughout it. I'm giving this one a seven. My standout is Golf Is On or And I Smoke with John the Rock Cena, Can You Smell with The Undertaker, being the obvious best song title on the album and a great yes. closer. Yes. What were your thoughts on this first full album of theirs that we're reviewing together? All right, man. Well, Hot Mulligan has proven that they are not only on the rise, but dominating the sound that fits very nicely between emo and pop punk. 
the perfect amount of angst and technical ability is being shown here, I think. Clocking in at 37 minutes, I think this is the perfect length for a pop punk album. The hooks, Agree. the anthems, the emotion that is presented is so clearly in the vocals, the lyrical ability and creative yet simple melodies all add up to something pretty fucking special, man. The This song is called what it's called, what's it called, it has major Valencia vibes to me, and with that chorus mm. and bridge towards the end, especially. Uh, their sound is very polished at this point, and I think that's where the poppiness is coming from. It's like the mixing, or maybe they're just like getting better at it. Um, I like I like the mix a lot, but I can see how it's like a tad different than some of their other albums. Uh, no shoes in the coffee shop or socks is a great demonstration of how pitch changes can like totally affect a track. I think that was pretty cool to hear. Uh, the twinkly kind of third wave emo riff on Christ Alive, My Toe Damn It Hurts is just sublime. Man. <laughs> yep. Now, I listened to this a couple of times on Friday while I was distracted. But when I actively listened to it, I cried like a little fucking girl when Betty came on. Holy shit, bro. That song. Oh, got that me. one got through to you. OK. Oh, man. It's gotten me every time after. Also, I, I, I just can't stop listening to it, which is weird for an acoustic song for me, as I, I usually don't like those front coming from pop punk bands. We reviewed Newfound Glory's album earlier this year. Was that this year? Yeah, it was, uh, which was bad, um, especially with like off pitch whistling, man. Like, I just don't normally like these tracks, but the lyrics got me, man. Uh, and if any band could do it, it's Hot Mulligan. Full body chills every time I hear this now. I just, I love it, man. I really love this song. Hell I really yeah. love this album. I had so much fun with it, and I will continue to have a lot of fun with it for the remainder of the year. I'm giving it a uh, eight and a half, man. Standout is, uh, standout is surprisingly Betty. Fuck yes, we have a contender. Yeah, man, I'm really enjoying this one. I've been throwing this one in, on after that uh, Mom Jeans album from last year. Perfect. Great one-two punch. Perfect. Perfect. Also, the kids aren't talking about Valencia enough. <laughs> you know, Straight up, bro. K-Sarah-Sarah. Let's go, guys. Your references are out of control. Everyone knows that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. I just Let's... rewatched that movie. That shit's hilarious, bro. <laughs> Dude, it's so good. It's terrible. Probably the probably the best like opening 20 minutes to a movie ever. Right? <laughs> so good. Um all right, man. We have not one, but two new Acacia Strain albums to talk about. I want you to go first and I want you to talk about them in whatever order or manner you feel is appropriate. <clears throat> We're going to talk about Failure Will Follow first, as this was the first one that I listened to. Sure. Uh, okay. First of all, what the fuck? I try not to expect things of bands, and I find that pretty easy to do after all, but this album was unexpected as hell, man. We got a doom <laughs> metal album from the Deathcore legends, yes. the Acacia Strain. I've been a fan of these guys for like over half of my life, and to say they never disappoint would be a true statement. Uh, I saw the album and saw it was only three tracks and thought, hmm. And then I saw it was only 39 minutes and I immediately got intrigued. Like maybe they did what Ulthar just did, like, you know, doing their thing, just elongated. This is not that. This is a fucking no. doom <laughs> masterpiece, bro. We've covered a couple of doom albums since we started this podcast. And this is one, this is the best one we've covered so far. The album starts with the epic Pillar of Salt. Uh, featuring Dylan Walker and Iris.exe, but 
by the time the clean female vocals came in with that menacing riff in the background, I had I, I was I was already hooked. But by God, man, that track is fucking gorgeous. This track ends and then the riff starts. Bogwalker is my song of the week and maybe even hey. the song of the fucking month, man. 17 minute long <laughs> fucking banger of a doom track. It has this bluesy riff that shouldn't work for doom metal, but it does extremely well. Basin of Vows is another killer. Man, I'm going to be listening to this one for a long time. I loved this. Nine and a half out of ten. Standout being Bogwalker. Standout of the fucking week being Bogwalker. Holy shit. <laughs> fucking love that all right Whew. now step into light and tell me what you think of that album <laughs> i almost wish i listened to step into light first because to be completely honest because failure will follow definitely overshadowed overshadowed this one for a second but only for a second here we have a classic case of strain deathcore laden with heavy chugs insane drum grooves breakdowns yes. and some of the break some of the, one of the best breakdown call outs of all time in my opinion Down which one if you caught it on sinkhole it said fuck you oh, die yeah. slow absolutely yes. epic fucking china let's go uh there's a ton <laughs> to like about this record and at just 23 minutes it's an easy listen i know i say that a lot about metal bands but it is for me they have consistently kept the hardcore in their deathcore for a long time and i feel like it's really easy to like lose the hardcore sound in deathcore nowadays a lot of bands just like they're like okay we'll do a breakdown but everything else is death metal but the acacia strain manages to keep like the drum grooves and opening up pits and smat and smashing that china symbol on on the half beats i loved this album albeit not as much as i liked failure will follow i'm gonna give this one an eight my standout was sinkhole I need to Man. hear your thoughts on both of these records. I, everybody I've talked to about this record this week or these records has picked failure will follow over step into the light. I'm the only person so far that I think like <laughs> step into the light more than failure will follow. And it's not that it's I just fine. like hearing them do froggy doom. Like I thought that that was <laughs> fucking sick. It's very dense. It's very epic. It's kind of overwhelming, but it's not even that I don't like it. It's that I prefer Step Into the Light. I like the immediacy of it. It's a little more my speed. It's straight to the point, full of some of the heaviest fucking breakdowns we've heard this decade so far. The singles were great, but fucking this, the opener, Flourishing, Dear God. Hard. Like, I mean, that's essentially the title track because that is the Step Into the Light right. lyrical breakdown. But fucking, like you said, Sinkhole, another just incredible one. Is this really happening? Another strong contender for my best song on it. I kept coming back to this album more than the other one. Maybe that's just because it's easier to throw on. And for some reason, it's 10 songs and shorter than the album. But they released it three songs. I don't know, man. Acacia Strain doing some King Gizzard shit this year was not on my bingo card. I'm fucking happy to be wrong, though. I don't know how to judge these separately. I can't really do it. I'm giving them both like a 7.5 together. My standout of all of them is flourishing for That's sure. Awesome, man. I, I, I kind of figured you would like, I, I kind of figured you would like that one a little better anyways. Uh, I, and the, honestly, I never even thought to myself, well, why would he like it better? I just, I just kind of figured it was more you. Um, and that's cool, man. I thought the same thing with failure will follow. I was like, man, I know Brandon's going to fucking love this, even <laughs> though it wasn't my favorite. But yeah, 
Um, all right, let's cap this week off with this new one from Cattle Decapitation called Terracite. Been awaiting your thoughts on it. Please dive in. The time has come, John. Cattle Decapitation's 11th studio album is finally here. Yep. I know you're not as big of a fan as I am, but I really hope you enjoy no. this one. It is definitely less gore grind and more death metal slash core this time around. And I think that's okay. Can you believe that some people in the world or maybe just on the internet consider that cattle decap have softened their sound since their inception? I find that. Both I don't tr- hear it. <laughs> I find that both true and hilarious uh, as they're still extremely heavy. This album shows off Travis's new goblin vocals that no doubt he's been wanting to do for a while. Is that the high thing? Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. One thing uh, on this album it, I did not like. <laughs> I actually really, really enjoyed it. I know uh, you did. It also shows off plenty of technical <laughs> abilities from the rest of the band. The drumming is tight. It's fast. Incredibly technical. The guitar work is exactly how you'd want it to be. The solos on this record are fantastic. Just on that first track opening up with uh, Terracidic Adaptation, that fucking solo that goes right into a fucking breakdown. Oh my yep. God, John. And then we honestly, man, we get the we get just massive riffs throughout the entire project. We get the obvious impending doom that humans are just a scourge to the earth. Um, we are. And yes. they close with a 10 minute track. Fucking yep. might as well, might as well send me up to heaven right now, brother. I'm, <laughs> I'm good. Like, <laughs> What are you giving this one? Uh, I'm going to give this one an eight, man. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I have to think, I have to say, I think we eat our young is my favorite. Of course, because that is exactly the type of thing you're into. Um, but, <laughs> Yeah, dude, you hit the nail on the head. I really like this one, but did not like it quite as much as you. Like, to sum up and echo everything you said, it fucking rips, which is exactly what we were expecting. I found his goblin vocals, as you've called them, to be grating after a while. But the music on this album is so fucking good that it kept me engaged even when I wasn't feeling the vocals. I'm giving this one a seven. I I enjoyed it quite a bit more than I didn't enjoy it. My favorite tracks were Terracidic Adaptation, Dead End Residence, and of course, the 10-minute album closer, Just Another Body, which is fucking epic. Really good album. Nice return for him. Uh, Yeah, I do not have the nuanced ear for metal to hear that they've softened much but that tends to happen with time in general right yeah i mean if you go back to their first album i think it's 1999's human jerky or even their 2006 album uh what was what was karma bloody karma um they're 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 it's like it's gore grind so it's a little faster a little heavier there's none of these uh goblin vocals that People are calling cleans, and th- those are not cleans, homie. What's the internet um, <laughs> saying about this album? They liking it? Have you seen a reaction to it? It's funny because Cattle Decapitation has always kind of towed the line between death core and death metal, and I've sure. always just considered them metal. <laughs> like I'm just that's kind of where I'm okay. always just straight put metal, them. Uh, metal, death metal. Call it what you want, you know. But uh, a lot of people in the metal world dislike death core just as like a rule because there's hardcore and there's punk in it and it's not real metal, which is honestly uh, laughable, but it's, it's, it's one of those things that's kind of bringing everybody together. This album is universally well-liked right now. Um, but that could be recency bias. And I anticipate a bunch of people talking shit on it. Like they do with every cattle decapitation record. So I wouldn't be surprised. 
that's the internet. You can't please everybody. No, definitely not with a fucking Hopper, the Grasshopper looking motherfucker on your album cover. So, no, yeah, very weird album cover. Jiminy Cricket on meth or something. <laughs> um, that does it for this week, man. We had a lot of good albums this week. This one was kind of overwhelming. I'm going to be diving into a lot of these in the weeks going forward as well. <laughs> like yep. I'm not done with this week yet. Um, you want to hear what we're going to be talking about next week? I do, man. We're going to be talking about my most anticipated album of the year, which is Keitra Mine's self-titled debut collab album between hey. Keitra and Amine. Cannot wait for that one. We're also getting new albums from Kesha, The Ocean, The Used, a new EP from Summer Walker, and a whole bunch more. Let us know in the comments what you're all looking forward to. If you liked this episode, make sure you're following along wherever you get your podcasts. If you're watching on YouTube, give this video a thumbs up. If you want more Brandon's Face content, you can find us on Instagram and Reddit. Just search Brandon's Face Pod. And last but not least, follow along with our official playlist so you know what we'll be covering each week. It's refreshed weekly, sorted by genre. You can find the link to that in the show notes. We'll see you all next time. Peace. Peace.